Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 356, Decluttering Your Emotional Closet to Find Lasting Love. Hello, everybody. I am Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships after 40. And today I'm going to be speaking with hypnotherapist and dating coach Laura Richer about the importance of decluttering your emotional closet if you want to find lasting love. And I actually spoke about this topic right after I watched the Marie Kondo um, series, and I just like you know, there's a lot of decluttering we need to do. And it's not just about the clothing that we have and the stuff that we can't get rid of. It's like, what are we holding on to? And until we do this deeper inner work, it is really hard for us to let go of what doesn't work and move on to find the love that we want. So I'm excited to have Laura on the show today. And for any of you who are new here, My mission is to help women value themselves from the inside out, that it is so important that we learn to know our value and our values, learn to speak up about the things that are important to us. And this is not just about love, ladies. This is about any relationship. When somebody hurts your feelings, to have the skill set to be able to set some boundaries, to speak up the first time, and to, and to get curious and be open-hearted in all our relationships. And I believe that that represents a woman of value. And a woman of value lives her best life and attracts the best partner. And every week I bring you a tip on how to be that woman of value. And this week's tip is to create a life that energizes you and fills you up. Ha! Huh. So many people are living a life that they kind of dread. They're going to work, going home, go to the gym, blah, 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 (laughs) you know. And it's like we have so much power over creating a life that is so much richer. And that is the last name of our guest today. So (laughs) um, I encourage you all to, to really create the life that fills you up and makes you happy and Think of one thing you can do today, whether you, you know, if you really hate the work that you're doing, what can you do during your day to make yourself happier? There's always something that, that we can do to focus on gratitude, to to fill our lives with stuff we do on the weekend or after work if we're not loving our jobs and we're not ready yet to leave them um, or our relationships. But we have so much power over changing the life that we have so that it energizes us and fills us up. And now for our guest of the week, Laura Richer. She is a certified hypnotherapist, a dating coach, and the owner of Richer Healing in Seattle, Washington. She developed the Richer Love Program based on her dating experiences to help women build healthy self-esteem and support her clients to find the relationship that they want and deserve. She's also the host of The Laura Richer Show, which is heard on KKNW, which is a local station in Seattle, uh, 1150 a.m. in Seattle. On her show, she addresses the many challenges that many of her clients face, and she's featured prominent relationship authorities and authors on her show and has brought this insight to richer love. So welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, Sandy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. 
Oh, it's my pleasure. So let's talk about, you, you. we touched on it a little bit, um, why you got into this work. And so you say in the, in, the, in the intro that it's based on your dating experiences. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. And so I actually didn't initially start in working in the dating arena. I was working in coaching um, and building confidence and self-esteem and issues around that with clients. But it all kind of lined up that I got divorced and started my coaching business right around the same time. So um, while I was working with clients, I was also dating and doing my, my own work as well. And I was single for about five years during that time and really found it to be a challenging experience. I'd actually never really dated before. I, um, in my 40s, I kind of missed online dating when I was younger. That wasn't really a popular thing. Um, and then I was married for 10 years. And so um, when I started dating and kind of jumped into the online dating world, it was all new to me. And I feel like I made most of the mistakes that you can make. So as I went through this process and started to figure it out, I really wanted to share that with my clients who are single and dating as well because what I realized is that it didn't have to be such a painful process. There were just a few uh, tweaks I needed to make to actually have fun and eventually meet the person that I was looking for. Mm. So tell us how you met him and how long you've been with him. So I we've been together for three years, um, and I met him when I was out with some friends one night. Um, he had just actually bought a house in the neighborhood that I live in, so it seemed kind of all meant to be and all, all came together uh, pretty easily, which was interesting to me since the process prior to that had seemed so difficult. But the difference at that time, and this is a lot of what I work with clients on now, is that I was really clear about what I was looking for, about what my standards and expectations were in a partner, and I was also feeling so fantastic about my own life. I was really excited about the work I was doing. I was really grateful for all of the positive things I already had in my life. I wasn't focusing on a feeling of lack that somebody wasn't there yet or I was getting too old or any of those kinds of things. Um, and once I got to that place, which really was a journey for me, it took a couple of years to, to do that work to get there, um, but it all fell in line pretty easily. Mm, so you touched on some important, important things. And one is you created a life that energized you and filled you up, like we talked about at the beginning of this, this episode. And exactly. Yeah, so it it really does start with you, and it makes the so it's not easy. Like I think a lot of people think you you know you say oh I just did this work and it was fine it was great, but it's not simple. But it is incredibly energizing and just changes and shifts who you are, so that when you get there when you're ready to pick out that partner it just seems so much easier, right? Absolutely. It just, it, and it was funny to me how easy it was since it had seemed so difficult when I was really in that struggle. I'm sure you work with clients who find themselves in that place. It's like, why isn't this happening already? And when you're in a place where it, it hurts, you know, so it's, it's hard to see why it's not falling to falling in line. But once you do do the work, which it can be difficult, but it's always worth it. It, it really, it, it comes together in such an amazing way. Mm, totally. So let's talk about the topic of the day about decluttering your emotional closet. Tell us what that means and why it's important to do before you start dating. So I think the work that I didn't know to do when I started dating, and this is what I help clients with, um, is really taking a look at what are your belief systems that have 
landed you where you are right now in relationship? And if it's not in a place where you want to be, if you've noticed that you're in the pattern, in a pattern of being in the same type of toxic relationship or, or the same situations keep appearing over and over again for you, to take a look at what are you believing, whether consciously or in hypnosis, we work on subconscious beliefs, um, that are, that are creating those situations. Because I really believe that our belief system is creating our life experience. And so if we're creating things we don't want, we want to start to take a look at what are we believing that is is moving us in a direction where we don't want to be. Um, the other thing I think that it is important to is really make sure when you're cleaning out that old clutter um, that we've done the work to, to process and let go of past relationships and keep the stuff that's important, keep what we've learned from the relationship, but then let go of the, and again, limiting beliefs, painful experiences. And a lot of times, and again, I was one of these people, um, I got divorced and I'm like, well, I'm done with that. I'm moving on. And I didn't really do the work to, to do, to let go of all of the stuff that comes with ending a 10 year relationship. So of course, I was finding myself not in the relationships I wanted to be in because I hadn't hadn't cleaned out the closet. Mm. Yeah, very very important. So let's let's talk about the how um, a little bit here. So we have you know that let's talk about the belief systems. Mm-hmm. How do how do you help your clients to look at their belief systems? What what kind of process is that? So first of all, it can be very simple as just starting to identify what those beliefs are. And some people, either through coaching or, or hypnotherapy or the tools that I use to help clients start to self-reflect and say, what am I believing that is, say, I have a pattern of experiences? What am I believing that is landing me in this situation? So an example that comes up often with clients is um, the belief that, I have to take what I can get. I have to settle for less, that there's this scarcity mindset, that there's not going to be anybody for me. So even though this person is not necessarily a a very compatible option, I better hold on to this for dear life because there might not be anything else. And sometimes those beliefs are really hidden. We don't, we're not really consciously thinking those, but they are, are swimming around in, in the subconscious or just kind of in the backdrop there um, that are causing us to act in ways or accept things that, that don't work for us. So you can do that kind of work working with a coach or a hypnotherapist, any type of therapist, um, or just being by yourself and reflecting and, and looking at you know unwanted patterns in your life and saying, what am I believing that is allowing these things to come into to being? And I think it can be really easy to go, no, it's not what I believe. It's just happening randomly. Um, and I certainly have, have had those thoughts before too. But if we really kind of dig in and go a little deeper, I, I think we usually find that it's not random. No, it's not random. And sometimes it's surprising. Like, wow. I remember when a therapist once pointed out to me that my belief was men will always disappoint. Mm. And that I could totally trace it back to childhood and through all my significant relationships. And what happens is not only do we have that belief, but we can sometimes create that situation even with a person who won't disappoint because we subconsciously act in ways to push somebody away so that they will eventually disappoint. Yes, I I agree with that 100%. You see that often with cheating, when somebody has a really strong fear with cheating, that they're mm-hmm. constantly projecting that onto their partner. And so even if the partner isn't cheating, they're having the experience of a cheating partner because that's what they're thinking about all of the time. 
Absolutely. And I remember my daughter when she was in college, she had a boyfriend who had been cheated on and he tended to be jealous and didn't Mm -hmm. like that she had male friends. And she just one day said to him, listen, I am not a cheater. I am not the one who cheated on you. And if you keep accusing me and being jealous and and, uh, distrusting, you're going to push me away, which he eventually did. Exactly. And, you know, as a hypnotherapist, I very much believe in the power of suggestion. And if you're constantly suggesting to someone they're going to cheat on you or they're going to mm-hmm. disappoint you, you might actually talk them into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, you're you're making somebody turned off by your presence if you're not trusting. Yeah. You're not building trust. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So, um so let's talk about the other point you made about letting processing and letting go of past relationships and painful relationships. What do you see as, like, what do people hold on to? What kinds of things do they hold on to and how can they let go? So I think that letting go is a very layered process. I think sometimes I don't know if we can do all of the work in one setting to just let it all go. Um, I get pushback from clients who will say, you know, I want to let this go, but but how do I do it? And I think that it can be different for everybody. I think it's kind of similar in the belief that just identifying is identifying what you're holding on to, whether it was a certain way that you were treated or an experience you had um, and, and noticing if you are just continuing to relive that experience and again, bringing it into your new situation. So starting to become really not mindful about, I have this fear of being cheated on for an example, how much of, am I projecting that into my future? So I think a lot of it is around awareness, just becoming aware of what you are holding on to, how you might be bringing that into your current um, situation. Sometimes our behaviors are really unconscious and we don't realize them without really taking the time to to take a look at what is happening. Um, So I think, again, the biggest piece of the process is identifying what is going on with you. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it's helpful to have a coach or a therapist and somebody to do the work with you because we often don't see it. Exactly. We have blind spots to our own stuff. Even as a therapist, mm-hmm. I see a lot of stuff going on with other people, but in my own life, I can I can have those blind spots. So it is important. Oh, for, to yeah, have for sure. It. It's hard to see ourselves. We it's almost impossible yeah. on some level. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, do you have a, a story to share of someone who you've done this work with, and how what happened when they started to do the work? So I have a client actually that I'm working with right now who has made an amazing shift because she was so caught up. She was married to somebody for 25 years in a very unhealthy relationship. There was a lot of lying that was happening in that relationship. So she had created a, she had sort of really invest in the belief that men will always lie to you. You can't trust anything that they're saying. Um, And so she was, bringing this, she started dating again, and she was bringing this belief into all of her relationships. And I think that some of the people that she actually attracted to her were, in fact, lying to her, that she wasn't wrong about that. Um, But because she was so focused on men who lie, I think that that we can sometimes bring that into our experience. Our mind is always looking for proof of what we believe is true. So if I'm looking, if I believe only men lie, I'm going to start to tune into the men who might lie to me. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was part of it. But also that wasn't always true. The other part was that she was just 
repetitively questioning people and pushing them away because of her fear that was coming up. So when we first started to work together, we did a lot of work about letting go of some stuff that she had uh, brought in from her past relationship, just beliefs around her. She was really blaming herself for, for not being able to know that her husband was lying for her. So she had become to her. So she had become hypervigilant, you know, because she believed she was stupid for not recognizing it throughout the marriage. So we did some work around letting go of those fears, those beliefs that somehow she was the kind of person that would always be lied to or that she had to be hypervigilant for it. And really getting to a place where she could feel confident that even if somebody does lie to her, one, she's healthy and confident enough to identify the situation and move on. And so she doesn't have to, to constantly be questioning it. And, and two, that if she finds herself in a situation that doesn't work for her, that she's strong enough to leave it. And that was the other fear too, is I'm going to get myself involved in something and I, I'll be in it for another 25 years like I was before. So mm. she has since found somebody and is having a fantastic time and they're playing tennis together and golfing together and just really enjoying life together. They're their kids are grown up and they um, are not working full time, either of them, and just getting to enjoy the experience of a relationship. So that she was a tough one. She was a tough one to shift. So that's really beautiful to see now. Wow. Congratulations to both of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's exciting to, it to really exciting. transform so like that. so much happier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Um, so we, kn- I know you do hypnotherapy and um, tell us, how you use hypnotherapy in your work and how it supports your clients when they're dating. So there's two ways that hypnosis uh, helps support my clients that's specific to dating. And one has to do with letting go of those uh, past relationship baggage. So it gives them the opportunity to revisit past events and do some therapeutic work to process what happened and some healing work around that to let that go through through visualization. And it also helps on a deeper level to help clients identify the beliefs that they have because sometimes we, we have all this stuff going on and we don't even know that this is what is, even though we have these unconscious beliefs, we don't realize how much they're influencing us. So it's also a great tool to help identify some of the stuff that we might not even be aware of. And when you bring that information into your conscious awareness and you start to realize what some of your limiting beliefs are, um, it's not that you will never act on those again, but slowly you start to shift it because you start to see what you're doing and you start to see how it's directly contributing to the result that you don't want. So that's one piece of of hypnosis is it is a a therapeutic tool to help you get to a deeper level of, of stuff that you've been holding on to. And then the other thing that I think is really powerful is that it offers you the opportunity to visualize the result that you want to create. So if I've always had negative and toxic relationships, I might really want a loving, supportive relationship. But if I don't believe that's a possibility for me or I just couldn't even imagine that happening, it's going to be difficult to move in the direction of creating that result. And so through hypnosis, we can give them an avenue to visualize what it would look like to be in a healthy relationship, what it would feel like to be in a healthy relationship, even kind of a let your imagination run wild, what kind of attributes would this partner have? What would it feel like to connect with a person like that? And that process just allows you to open your mind so that in your everyday waking life, you're actually starting to look for those people in those circumstances. So it can be a really powerful tool for for creating change and visualizing what you want. Mm, It sounds amazing. I mean, I think there's so much value to getting out of your head and into the subconscious because Mm. we can 
definitely outwit ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that's why, you know, it's like we can overthink, we can, we can be smart about things and not actually change. And you see so many people who come and say, oh, I get it. I totally get it, but somehow I'm still stuck. And so I think any kind of alternative healing, whether it's through hypnotherapy or some somatic body healing, where we, you know, our body is so wise, and you know, we don't we don't override it with with our our intellect. Exactly. Yeah. And what you said, I have people. I'm sure you must have this experience too, where the clients will say, like, Yeah, 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 I logically know that, but but they're not they're not doing it. And sometimes it's like the logical mind hasn't is not in alignment with the heart and the feeling body, and so hypnosis can kind of help you bridge those two things yeah yeah um totally and i and i think that's that's why so many people get stuck and i don't know about you but the majority of people who come to me are very academic and achievement oriented and Mm -hmm. it's all about the doing and they don't spend Mm -hmm. a lot of time in the feelings and in the in the inner knowing and they stop really trusting their intuition they get confused about what's really good for them um what do you find in in that regard well yes and especially being in seattle we have a lot of big thriving businesses here amazon microsoft there's a lot of successful corporate people that i work with who are approaching their love lives like their work lives where um they are really into like pushing things forward and making it happen and working for their success. And those things don't necessarily lead to success in, in your dating life. In fact, typically they sabotage it. So I think that sometimes that shift in mindset can be eye-opening to some of my clients. And, and I was very much like that too, coming from the corporate world and the corporate background. But like I've got to make something happen instead of identifying what I was looking for and then allowing it to happen. Mhm. Yeah. There's that whole trust piece and you you know, I think trusting yourself, letting go of of control, you know, all that stuff. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. Not trying to find um, someone and fit them in a box, you're trying to put them in that they are don't actually oh, fit yeah. in. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> and they become a project. And yeah, yeah, let me just tweak this and then he just has to communicate completely differently than the way he does and just just do all these things and then he'll be the perfect guy. Exactly. Um, Yeah, so what would you say to a woman who came in doing that, who's trying to, like, mold the men she meets into men who would be perfect for her? Well, I first feel like there needs to be some work, and I was that woman. I was in a therapy session when I was married, and my therapist said to me, so basically what you're saying is if your husband was a totally different person than he actually is, then you could be happy. (laughs) I was like, ah, that's a good point. (laughs) Um, So sometimes just pointing that out to somebody to say, like, okay, so what I'm hearing you say and, and letting them see what they're asking for and really talk about, you know, is that even fair to your, to the partner? You know, do we want to be changed or is it, does it make more sense to identify who we would be compatible with and what it even means to be compatible with somebody and connect with somebody who was already there and was had a similar life vision instead of putting all this time and effort and energy into trying to change or fix somebody 
when it's probably never going to work anyway. So I think just helping people on their own start to see those patterns and see where that's showing up in their lives and at, you know, trying to help them get clear on why it is that they're so attached to whatever it is they're trying to change. Mm, That's good. Those are really good points. Yeah, we can't make somebody into someone else. And in fact, that's one of the biggest turnoffs is, is taking somebody and tweaking them. You know, we certainly wouldn't want someone to do that to us. You know, you'd be perfect if you just changed your whole outfit and, and the way you look and the way you dress and the way you act. And I don't like your friends and, you know, just get another job and, uh, that, you know, and then just, it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then it'll work. And and this is what people do. I mean, I certainly have been guilty of the same thing. And uh, you don't realize until you really know what you're looking for and that it is possible. So we go back to that abundance mindset of it's not this is the, this is as good as it gets and I have to take what I can get and then make them into who I want. It's like I right. know what I want and I'm going to look for that and then I don't have to tweaking because it doesn't work and it's so much more fun when you just find somebody who's already in line and nobody has to because really when you do that when somebody has to change for you to be happy it creates a dynamic where one person is going to be miserable for the other person to be happy and that that just is not going to work out no it totally doesn't work and uh we have to be willing to accept each other you know flaws and all because that is you know that is really the ideal and you know, people can drive you crazy, but if the character is aligned, if the values are aligned, then you're starting out with good bones. And if you have the good bones, you can make anything work. Yes, and I agree with you 100%. I talk a lot about values and how the values need to align. I think a lot of times people look at if interests align or if, like, the outside package looks the way we want it to look. But if the values don't align, if there isn't a common vision and a a, a common belief in how a relationship should be or how, how life should be, then it's going to be really tough, mm-hmm. probably impossible. Yep, yep totally. Um, now, I know you do energy work also, so can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that and how that works with the dating coaching clients? Yes. So I incorporate all of this in my program, energy work and hypnotherapy. Uh, hypnosis is addressing the blocks in the subconscious mind. Energy work is addressing the blocks in the energetic body. So the energy work I practice is Reiki. Um, And the idea behind Reiki is that whenever we experience any sort of trauma, whether it's a physical trauma like an injury or an emotional trauma like death or breakup, that it's going to create stagnant energy in the chakra system. And so the the practice of Reiki is to get that energy flowing again. So you're going to experience the most optimal health. So it, it functions in a similar way to acupuncture. Like we're just trying to get that increase the energy flow in your body um, so that you aren't holding in your body, any of those traumas either. And I was, I've always was very skeptical. And the first time I went to Reiki, I was, I said to a friend I was going with, I thought, you know, this isn't even a massage. What is this going to do for me? Um, And I just had the most profound experience on the table of feeling just so much lighter after the the session. And so I was a believer ever since then. And I've just had a lot of shifts in my life um, using Reiki. So I wanted to bring that into the program because any kind of healing you can do, whether it's Reiki or acupuncture or somatic healing or whatever is is helpful when you're getting ready to date. Mm. Yeah, and I like that you have a lot of different ways that you work with clients because I think they're all very helpful and they all address different different aspects of a person. Yes, 
And not everybody resonates with everything. Some of my clients are like, Reiki, no thank you. And so we don't have to do that. But there's a little bit of something for everyone to work with. Great, yeah. So, um, Laura, my last question for you is, what's your best advice for women who want to go on their last first date? To know what your standards and expectations are of a partner and a relationship. I think for me what made dating such a more productive and positive experience is that instead of being in a lack mindset, I started to believe that my partner was out there and that I just needed to know what I was looking for to be able to connect with him. And so I started dating from that perspective. And as I did that, I didn't go on second and third dates with people who I could identify were not a good fit for what I was looking for. I think a lot of the women that I work with, um, and everybody's different, but one of the common themes I see is that, again, they just have to, you know, whoever asks me out on that second date is who I have to date because that's all there's going to be. And I think when you're really clear on what you're looking for and you're choosing people who are in alignment with that, you're going to eventually find your person. Mm. Couldn't agree more. I think you date less, but you date more mm-hmm. more aligned. And it's, it's less draining, it's more alivening, and you'll find your right partner without making yourself crazy and getting burnt out. Exactly. I would rather go on one quality date a month than, you know, ten bad ones. So yep. I am a big believer in quality, not quantity. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. Um, so, Laura, tell our audience how they can find you. So you can find me at richerlove.com. I have an online dating program that I do where I can work with clients anywhere in the world that includes um, one-on-one coaching as well as uh, a group component. So you can connect with other women who are dating and, and going through these same issues. It's a great support system. Um, you can also meet with me in person in Seattle. I'm in the Queen Anne area of Seattle, Washington. And, again, just go to Richer Love, and you can find all my information there. Great. Do you have any free gifts to offer? I don't know if uh, if you have any opt-ins on your so website. So I right, I have I offer a complimentary consultation, one-hour consultation to all prospective clients. And even if we don't choose to work together after our hour together, I still can offer you some excellent resources and things that will will help you on your journey in dating. So if you want to just chat and learn more, you can go online and schedule a consultation. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for helping us declutter our emotional closets today, Laura, and for (laughs) sharing so many other great tips for helping everybody to go on their last first date. Thank you, Sandy. It was great being on the show. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for listening today. And if you love our show, please rate and review us on iTunes. That would be so amazing um, to help other people find us and gain even more followers for this show. And I wanted, oh, forgot to mention that I have a Facebook group called Your Last First Date. And so you just go on Facebook, search for Your Last First Date. It's a free group, and it is an amazing group for women over 40 who are looking for lasting love and want to have positive support, not a bunch of complaints we don't allow that we don't allow just venting we we allow purposeful purposeful posts um, to really help you to find your last first date so go on facebook your last first date 
and I hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. 